time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life. So week one, crash, we talked about blowing off the burning bush. The major prophet we talked about again was Moses, who was in the, is, was in the wilderness of a land called Midian, Midian, close, so Midian, there were Midianites in, okay, so I would think Midian too, but close, but no cigar, Midian, okay, Midian, and he's walking along, and he sees a burning, and instead of just passing the bush by, because he's so cool, and he's just kind of involved in the things that he's doing, instead, he stops, and he's drawn towards the bush, and he has this amazing encounter with the God of the universe, who begins to speak over him his purpose. And the big thought was, hey, you know what? There's a burning bush moment for you, not just every time we gather, you guys, but in your everyday lives. It's called having a quiet time. Having some time carved out in your day where you say, this is my burning bush moment. I'm not going to blow it off, but I'm going to commit to that. So we covered, we, t- we talked about blowing off the burning bush. Week two, we talked about the crash factor and Saul's amazing son named Jonathan. Yes. And Jonathan having his moment where Jonathan said, you know what? Because I know what the will of God is, is for Israel to succeed and conquer the Philistines. I'm going to step out and I'm going to do something crazy. doesn't matter if anybody else is going with me or not. And so we talked about the crash factor. This past Wednesday, we talked about a crasher's prayer. This guy named Jesus. (laughs) Good job, Harrison. Jesus, yeah, sort of a big deal. Jesus praying his high priestly prayer in the book of John. And his big prayer was that all of us would become what? One. That we would be drawn together. And so the big thought was a crisis prayer that every single one of you can be the answer to Jesus' prayer. By doing what? By connecting with others. Even by way of just signing up for cadres for small groups. And you guys are given the opportunity. So today we're just going to move a little bit deeper. So I talk to you over the next 20 minutes or so. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 7. And if not, you can look up at the screens. I'm going to start reading here out of the New Living Translation. 1 Peter Chapter 4, verse 7. It says, the end of the world is coming soon. Therefore, be earnest and disciplined in your prayers. Most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Again, that's 1 Peter chapter 4. Starting at verse 7, ending at verse 9. I'm going to read another translation of that to you that I feel like really brings this out. It says, the end of all things is very near. Now, in response to this, how should we live? First, above all else, keep your love fervent and alive for each other. Because this love will cover a multitude of sin. And remember to be hospitable and friendly to each other. Do all of this without complaining. I just want to speak to you guys this morning in our fourth week of crash from a message. I just want to title speak up. Just turn to the person next to you and say, speak up. Come on. You got to go up with the up because it's up. So let's turn to the other person and say, speak up. 
cool. If the person to you is too cool for school and they can't do it, just tell them, speak up. (laughs) Speak up. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you that you'll impact impact hearts, transform lives, and raise up mighty words for you in Jesus' name. So in this scripture this morning, I just want to talk about, because half of you, most of you, some of you maybe have committed to say, you know what? I'm going to be a part of Crash. I'm going to be a Crasher. I'm going to be a part of this group that God is raising up who, you know what? We stick together. We move together. And anything that is in our way, we will conquer it. We will just walk right over the plans of the enemy for our generation. We're not going to back down. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to be vocal about sharing our faith. We're going to live obedient lives to Jesus. Jesus at all costs. And so some of you have said that. And so, and looking at being a crasher, being, being a part of this crash, this group of people who are charging forward into the promises of God, what should we as crashers be focusing on as we see the Lord's return approaching and the end of civilization as we know it very, very near? How many of you know that the world is going to come to an end one day? Okay, how many of you believe that it's, it's kind of soon? It's not like off, like, I mean, this is like imminent, seriously. Okay, about half of you know it. Okay, well, everybody knows it now because the end of all things is very near. So this world as we know it is going to pass away. The Bible talks about this in Revelation. I saw a new heaven and a new earth that was coming down, the new Jerusalem as we call it. There will be a, a whole nother life that you're going to live in eternity. And so we know that that time is coming. Our Jesus, who we're about to celebrate in resurrection power. I'm so excited for Easter. I love Easter because it just literally declares that this is our God. He is not still in the grave. He is alive and he is well seated at the right hand of the Father with all authority, all power, all glory, all dominion, all honor. Everything belongs to Jesus, the Son of God and the Son of Man. We know that time is coming. Just turn to the person next to you and just say, hey, Jesus is coming. And you don't have to ask them if they're ready and all. We're not about to go into rapture drills and all that. But I'm just saying, Jesus is coming. Let's just all agree that Jesus is coming back. And so scripture tells us, what should we as crashers be focusing on? Because we know that Jesus is coming back pretty soon. It's interesting, real interesting, because 1 Peter 4 gives us some strange priorities. It says, above all else, keep your love fervent for one another. Everybody say, Fervent. It's a fun little word to say. I mean, you don't use it a lot like in school, even if you're homeschool or if you go to school. Like, when's the last time you heard like fervent? Like, all right, I want you to fervently wash those dishes, you know, like home. Or I want you to fervently work on those math problems. Nobody really used that. So, so let me just kind of explain what we're talking about when we say fervent. Everybody say fervent again. Fervent. White hot heat brought to the melting pot point. Brought to the, so it's almost saying, keep your love for each other. We know that Jesus is coming back, DSM Junior High. We know that Jesus is coming back. Here's what you kind of need to focus on. Keeping your love fervent or hot to the melting point. Burning up like love, not like hatred, but burning hot love one for another. And we know Valentine's Day is coming up. I ain't talking about going get a boyfriend and girlfriend and, and having fervent, you know, no, 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 no. I'm talking about, and a brother, come on, half of you went there. Okay, let me bring you back to reality. I'm talking about fervent love as brothers and sisters in Christ, as young men and women of God, as teens who are sold out for Jesus, who love God, but also love those around you, specifically those right here in your youth group. 
those right here you're going to church with and you name the name of Christ with. Keep your love for the people on your row fervent, red hot. It's interesting because there's so many other things that I would place before this. Like, I mean, like go to church or, you know, uh, advancing the kingdom and doing all those things. And that's great. But listen to what Peter says. Above all else, hey, would you love the people in your life? Scripture says this, how can you love me? God says, how can you love the father whom you've never seen? And you don't even love people who you see every day going to school our different sports teams and dance teams and athletic teams. How can you say you love God who you don't see and you're not loving the person sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you, whom you have seen at least once because you saw them today, are you loving them well? It's interesting because there's so many different things that I, that I would place before this. But you know what? The Bible says that God's word be true and let every man be a lie. Caleb King, are you here? I want you to shout out 2 Timothy 3.16 for me. Come on. All scripture, come on. Very good. Let's say it again. Give him a hand. He's going to say it up. He's going to say it again. Here we go, Caleb. Hold on. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Continue. Y'all give it up for Caleb. Caleb's memorized some scripture. I'm glad you memorized that because this thing could have went south, my brother, if you did not. <laughs> the Bible says, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be ready in season and out of season. So that's great. So the point of that was to show that Caleb knows how to memorize scripture. No. The point of that was to bring out another verse to you, 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is inspired by God. This was God's idea, you guys. This isn't just Peter writing. So I really want to bring out the importance of this. What is on God's heart? What is God speaking to us and saying to us as Christ followers? Junior high, high school, college, Christ followers. God's saying, you know what? You know what's on the top of my priority list? is how well you love one another. Why? It makes sense. Remember a crasher's prayer? Jesus said, the world will know about me. They will know that I am real because of the way that you love one another. I think the opposite of that would be true as well. The world will not know how, how, how I exist whenever you choose not to love one another fervently. Everybody say fervently. That's a great word. Let's say it again. Fervently. <laughs> like turtle. <laughs> okay, so so fervently loving one another. What else? And remember to be friendly and hospitable to one another without complaining. In other words, have a few friends over for some pizza. Show them what the love of God feels like. Be a friend to people, even if they, even if they're not your friend. Again, I shared the scripture with you guys Wednesday. Proverbs says, to in order to have friends, one must show themselves friendly. We want to develop even a culture and do it at DSM Junior High, you guys, where it feels like friendship, where it actually feel like, feels like we like one another. I mean, we love one another, yes, but we actually like one another as well. Can I get an amen? 
How many of you like being the odd man out or like, oh, I don't really know anyone. That's awesome. Like to just go somewhere and nobody knows me and everybody's mean to me. Oh, you do? Okay, we're going to have some inner healing afterwards. Because if you ever enjoy someone being me, we have some issues, okay? So, so, so really, really, no one truthfully enjoys, like, no one really, like, connecting with them or just being mean to them. Like, you just love being ignored. Like, if, you see what I'm saying? Nobody really, honestly, likes that. And so, so even in, in, this, in this ministry, you guys, we want to create a culture, you see what I'm saying, where people know, yes, we love each other, but we actually like each other. We're going to do life together. We're going to encourage each other. We're going to speak life. We're going to speak encouragement into each other. And that's kind of where I'm going this morning. Everybody say, speak up. Over and over again in the New Testament, when it talks about the end of times, Scripture also directs us to take care of each other. If you see a need that you can meet, someone's going through or experiencing you guys, just speak up. You know what I'm saying? Just say something. Do something. If it's in your power to help someone, do it. Speak up. Speak up. So the final thought, again, I want to leave you with in this fourth week of the Crash series, you guys. What's the big thought? It's to speak up. It's to go out and to crash into your friend circles, speaking the word of God into others, sharing your faith. Yes, but even in your Christian friend circles, would you encourage someone? Listen to this. Hearing the word initiates faith. Speaking God's word activates faith, but doing God's word demonstrates faith. And that's where I want to be. I want to demonstrate my faith. And as crashers, this needs to be our heart as well. So what is one thing that Christ is counting on you to do throughout your week? It's to demonstrate your faith by encouraging others. Speak up. Encouragement. Encouragement literally means to take courage and to put it into someone else. So come here. Come here, Corbin. Y'all give Corbin a hand. Come up on the stage, bro. Come right there. You walk up right there. Okay, so this is what happens. Whenever, whenever I make an intentional decision, when I see a guy like Corbin, looks like he's got everything going for him. He doesn't really need a whole lot of encouragement. Wrong. We all need it. Even a cool kid like Corbin. And so what happens is whenever I say, you know what, Corbin, I saw the way you, what, um, do you play sports or something, Corbin? I know you did. Soccer, is it? No, lacrosse, what? Hockey. Okay, cool. So somebody's excited. All right. So any hockey fans in the house? Okay. So say, so say, so this is so easy. You guys, this is so easy. Say I saw Corbin just kind of practicing, or maybe I went to a hockey game or I heard that he had a game or I heard how well he did. Whenever I just say, Hey Corbin, you know, yeah, Corbin, you probably don't know me. Maybe I sit in the back, did some drink, whatever. Um, hey, you played a great game, man. I mean, you really just, I mean, even scripture tells us like in all you do, do unto the name of the Lord Jesus, man. You, you glorify God even just by being out there. You did a great job. What did I just do? I took some courage and I put it into him. That's what you do whenever you encourage someone. I'm taking courage and it's literally like I zapped Corbin. So next time Corbin even is feeling down because sometimes you feel down, right, Corbin? Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, we all do, right? Okay, and so whenever I say things to Corbin, like, Corbin, man, you're awesome, man. Like, you're a son of God, bro. Like, you just are. Man, you are blessed. You're going to do great things, Corbin. I just, I just believe that because I, I see the Jesus in you, and I see what God is doing in your heart. What am I doing? I'm literally pulling courage down. You see what I'm saying? I'm pulling it out of my heart because it's been pulling on, on the inside of me, and I'm placing it into Corbin's life. 
So Corbin is a little less reluctant whenever he just starts feeling down. Come on, I want you to give them a What do you look like, Corbin, whenever you're just feeling like really down and out? Just give him a face here. <laughs> just try, Corbin. You can do it. I'm putting courage in you. <laughs> Some kind of sad face or just, man, I'm really down. What do you think of? Look at him. I'm down. I'm Corbin and I'm having a terrible day. So that's what Corbin looks like. We all look different on a terrible day. Maybe Corbin smiles or looks goofy or I don't know. So, so, so whenever he looks like, and so whenever he's feeling that way, when, because I've taken courage and I put it on the inside of Corbin, you see what he's a little less apt to kind of just stay in that place. I think if we were all honest, you guys, we've all been there where it's just like, man, this day just sucked. I mean, just, I mean, nothing going right. Or I made a bad grade on the test. Or I lost a game. Or I got in a whole lot of trouble. Granted, it was my fault. I disobeyed. But whatever. I mean, it just still sucks. But whenever I have courage that has been put on the inside of me, you see, it's one thing to know that God is for me. But it's a whole nother dimension, you guys, to know that you have people with skin <laughs> that are for you. That you have friends that are actually for you. And I have to hurt you. They want to see you succeed. This is what I'm saying. Whenever you encourage someone, you're taking courage and you're literally placing it into their hearts. Amen. Y'all give Corbin a hand. Thank you, Corbin. <laughs> Encouragement, taking courage, putting it in someone else. Often it's translated as exhort or comfort in the New Testament. So Hebrews 10.25 says this, encourage each other. And do it even more often as you see the day of the Lord's return coming closer. That would be now. Hebrews 3, 12 through 13. Be careful to make sure none of you believers get an evil heart of unbelief that eventually makes you depart from knowing the living God. Instead, make it a point to encourage, put courage into each other every single day. Are you guys seeing that scripture? How often is it? Every single what? Come on. How, uh, how often? Every single Okay, so guys, this is so easy. This is like, I mean, this is like missing the, the, the easy extra credit, like giveaway on a test. And it's like, you know, what's two plus two? And your teacher's just being really, really gracious to you. And you say, well, I don't, I don't need that extra point. Let me just, uh, two plus two, uh, five or something. Let me just move on. That's what we do whenever we skip over things like this in the word of God. Can you put that scripture back up there for me? Every day, whenever you see the Lord, okay, be careful. Make sure none of you believers... That would be any of you who say you're Christ followers get an evil heart of unbelief that eventually makes you depart from knowing the living God. What? You mean it's that big of a deal for me to encourage people and for people to encourage me? Absolutely, because I've seen it happen. I've seen teenagers who are radically on fire for God who got no encouragement from their friends, no encouragement from their home lives, no encouragement from people who supposedly love them, and they're not even serving Jesus anymore because nobody took a moment to say, let me put some courage in you to make sure that you never fall away from following Christ because I want to see you in heaven. Come on, somebody. It's that big of a deal. Instead, make it a point to encourage each other every single day while we still have days left here on earth. Don't wait till I'm in heaven to encourage me. I don't need your encouragement then. I'll be sitting at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to have all the encouragement I need eating pork chops next to Jesus. Okay? At least I hope there's pork chops there. For all the vegans, Y'all just can't say amen on that one. Do this, do this. Oh, leave the scripture for me, please. Don't take away the word. Okay, this, <laughs> do this so none of you become hardened through the deception of sin. It's a big deal. Everybody say a big deal. 
So if you're going to be a part of of crash, if you're going to be a crasher, it means, you know what? I'm going to make some intentional decisions. I want this word just to just be emblazoned in your heart. Every day, even throughout this year, even though we're changing series, that that crash just kind of stays in your heart and stays in your mind. Because as you go throughout your day, I promise you, you are afforded at least one or two opportunities to put some courage into someone. If you are looking, if you if you make yourself available to Jesus, he will take some courage from your mouth by you speaking up and putting there you go, and putting courage into someone else. It can make a world of difference. And if we are all honest, I think we would all lift our hands and say, I've needed some encouragement. Or if we're really honest, some of us would say, you know what? I need some encouragement even right now in this season of life that I'm in. I'm going through something. I need somebody to encourage me. I need someone to put some courage. You see, you cannot give what you do not have. You can't give away what's not been given to you. And so, yes, it starts off first with the word of God. That's why it's so important to surround your close friend circles with Christians, spirit-filled, radical, real Christians who can speak some courage into you in your moments of need. Amen? Does that make sense? Good deal. Good, good, good. So Jesus himself was a constant encourager. Be of good cheer. You've overcome the world. Okay, to the centurion, he says this, I've never seen such great faith in all of Israel. Now, how would you feel if Jesus came up to you and said, you know what, Milba, I have never seen so much faith in all of America. Oh, dude, it does something to your heart. I mean, let me just tell you, Jesus walked up to me and said, Brandon, I ain't never seen no faith like in all of the United States of America. How do you think that centurion felt whenever Jesus literally took courage and put it on the inside of the centurion? That's amazing. Jesus was an encourager. Crashers will speak up and be encouraged. To Mary, Jesus says this, when she poured all the oil on his feet, wherever the gospel is preached, what you are doing right now, it will be recorded. People are still talking about Mary and her little alabaster box because she poured everything that she had on. And Jesus is literally this, wherever the gospel is preached, people are gonna know about you. How do you think? Girls, how would that feel if Jesus Christ himself said, you know what? The worship that you're just pouring out to me, Everybody's going to talk about it for literally ages to come. Let me put some encouragement. Let me, let, let me put some courage on the inside of your heart. Let me strengthen you today. Does this make sense to everybody? Jesus was an encourager to the widow who only put a mite into the offering. This humble day was just like a penny. The offering bucket comes around and she says, you know what? All I got is a penny, but I'm going to give it all. Jesus says, to the widow who put only a mite into the offering, this humble lady's offering is greater than that given by many rich people. Wow. To Peter, he says, other people are going to call you Simon, which means a little pebble, but I believe in you, boy. I'm changing your name to Peter, okay? Which means big, boulder, huge, huge rock. It's one thing, again, to know that God is for you, but it's more powerful to know that your Christian brothers and sisters really are for you. They really do want to see you succeed. They really do want to see you become all that God has for you. That's what changes lives, you guys. So, 
What can I do to illustrate this kind of whatever? I, we're going we're gonna to go to the Shamu Institute of Encouragement. Anybody ever been to SeaWorld anywhere before? Cool. So how many of you have seen Shamu? Okay, so let's go to the Shamu Institute of Encouragement and see if we can learn something from this killer whale. give it up for Shamu, or plural Shamus. There's a lot of Shamus. There's been many Shamus through the first Shamu and died and gone to Shamu heaven. All right, so so what can we learn? So what, I know, sad times. <laughs> Santa Claus isn't real either. Okay, so what can we, so what can we learn from Shamu? No way, seventh grade, y'all. Okay, there we go. So, so Shamu, Shamu um, is jumping out of the water, doing all these things. What can we learn as far as like encouragement goes from the Shamu Institute of Encouragement? My question to you is, how did they get that killer whale to jump out of the water? You know, how did they get him to do all these different tricks and all these different activities? All they did was encourage Shamu. And Shamu's encouragement was just kind of, uh, Shamu, you're doing great. Let me throw you a fish. Now we ain't going to throw fish to one another, you know, just raw fish. Throw me a piece of fried fish and I'll, I'll be encouraged. Okay. So, so Instead of stop, quit, do it. How about you're amazing at what you do? So they, they, use this, they use this principle of encouragement with Shamu. It's a huge encouragement principle that the Lord has put deep inside of all of us. You guys, whatever gets rewarded, gets repeated. And we can begin as Christ followers to reward one another. You know what? Whenever you see someone who is doing good things for God, who's actually growing in their faith, you need to learn to reward each other just by saying, man, I see you. I mean, I see the way that you're worshiping. Man, that just really blesses me. It just, it just encourages me to worship God the way that you do. When was the last time you said that to someone? Are you so cool that you can't encourage no one? That you, that you, that you can't offer to give some courage to other people? Are you that prideful? Are you that stuck on yourself? Are you that self-absorbed to where you're not looking around for opportunities to say, you know what, I'm going to be Jesus with skin on this week. Matter of fact, I'm going to do it today because scripture says every day, encourage one another. I'm just challenging you guys to speak 
up. Speak words of encouragement. Our world teaches us to know what we don't like as opposed to what we do like. Our world teaches us to say, you know, I don't like that, that, that about this person. I don't like the way you talk. I don't like the way you smell. I don't like the way you dress. I don't like this about you. These are all of our differences. But kingdom says, Jesus and his kingdom says, you know what? I'm going to find something that you're doing, something that, you're, that you are doing right. I'm going to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ. We're just talking about encouragement this morning. Just say, speak up. Very good. Encouragement cycle. Our final scripture here, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. It says, blessings to our God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all encouragement. He encourages us whenever we're going through difficult times. He does this so we can encourage other people who are going through difficult times with the same encouragement which God first gave to us. So step one in this encouragement cycle Experience tough times. Everybody say, experience tough times. Step two, everybody say, God encourages me. Step three, other people around me experience tough times. Step four, we then encourage those people with the same encouragement God gave us. We can read it on the screen. We can read. That's so great. Mark Twain, some call him the father of American literature, says this. I can live for a solid two months on one good compliment. Come on, that's good. When was the last time you encouraged someone? When was the last time you were encouraged? We need this principle, you guys. And as Jesus, as we get closer to Jesus returns, it, be- it becomes more and more important. So let's look Let's, let's close by looking at one of Christ's most encouraging encounters with one of his dudes named Peter. Named Peter. If you were here last week, we had a guest speaker, so awesome, Robert Morris, and he kind of talked about this. So it's going to be a review for you. Earlier in Luke chapter 22, verses 31 and 32, Jesus said this to Peter, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired that he would have you and sift you. Just like wheat, but I have prayed for you. So when you come through this and turn back again, strengthen and encourage your brothers and sisters in the Lord. Now, what's interesting about this is all those yous look the same to us in English. Scripture, this was originally written in Greek, so let me read it to you with the Greek translation of number in it. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired that he would have you, plural, you, all of you. So if Peter was here, Jesus was talking to him, he'd be like, Peter, Simon, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you, all of you, everyone present, plural, like wheat, just, just like wheat. But I have prayed for you, Peter, singular, but I've prayed for you, singular. So when you come through this, And turn back again, you singular, strengthen and encourage your brothers and sisters in the Lord. So Jesus takes one person and he entrusts into him. He says, Peter, Satan has desired all of you, that he would sift all of you. Peter, I am taking this moment and I am putting some courage into your heart by letting you know, Peter, that I have prayed for you. So I'm putting 
Jesus putting courage into Peter. And he says, okay, Peter, you're going to come out of this, but I'm trusting that because I put courage into your heart, you will strengthen you, all of you. And the same as Jesus has charged you guys to every single one of us. Where are the Peters who are going to say, you know what? I'm going to speak up. I'm going to be a crasher who actually speaks up. I'm going to put courage into other people. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be intentional about it. You see, not long after this, Peter denied even knowing Christ. Jesus knew that this was going to happen, you guys. He still trusted Peter. He still took a moment to put courage into Peter because he believed in Peter. The same way that Jesus believes in every single one of you. He believes in you. And so do I. And so do we. And so does all of the DSM staff. And even people here. We believe in you. So he denies knowing Christ. He abandoned Jesus during the crucifixion. So when Jesus comes back to life after the resurrection, Peter is understandably freaked out. He's like, oh, I I blew it. Just like you said I would. I mean, you put courage in me. I got the courage. I tried to strengthen other people, but you know, and now Jesus come back from the dead and here he is. I mean, surely he doesn't want to see me. I mean, I've messed up. I've, I've messed up. I've missed it. I've missed the mark. But still, even in that moment, Jesus trusted Peter, you guys. He still trusted him. So you, you can understand how Peter was feeling. Freaked out, very guilty. He's ashamed to even talk to the Lord. In closing, let's take a look at the kind of encouraging Christ we have as we see how Peter, as as we see how he treated Peter in John 21, 15 through 17. Remember this passage, you guys, the next time you blow it, because every single one of us are going to blow it at some point or another. I want you to remember this passage. Is that okay? Everybody say amen. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know that I love you. So Peter's having this conversation with the resurrected Christ. He's looking at him straight in the eyes. It's the same Jesus that he, that he, um, that he denied. This is the same Jesus that he said, you know what? I don't know Jesus. Though he had spent so much of his time with Jesus. Same one. He's looking at him face to face. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. Peter replied, you know, I love you. He says, then feed my lambs. And Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know, I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time. He asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, then feed my sheep. What's interesting about this is the very person that he betrayed is sent by God to encourage him. You see, encouragement, you guys, isn't exactly because maybe you're thinking, well, I don't really know anybody who deserves any encouragement. And like, you know, or maybe all my friends have been so like goofy towards me and, you know, they're, they're not going to respond. No, 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 no. 
It's not about that. It's about us actually obeying the word of God and saying, you know what? I'm going to encourage you just because I'm going to speak up because I'm a crasher. And that's what crashers do. You see what I'm saying? Crashers realize that it's not about you anyway. It's not about us. But it's about the word of God. It's about God being glorified in all that we say and all that we do. And the way to do that is to obey his word fully to the best of our abilities. And over time, this doesn't look as attractive as it once did. Because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom. I'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart. They've got passion for God. They're leading intercession on their schools. They're set apart, consecrated under God. And they've got a vision and a mission for their life.